Daily domestic COVID infections reached 551 on Tuesday, the most since the start of the pandemic. These cases were mainly found in the north. New Taipei took the lead with 162 cases, followed by Taipei with 115. Kaohsiung with 61, Taoyuan with 53, Jilong with 33, and Hualien with 31. During a radio interview with the health minister, predicted that a lo local cases could hit 1,000 a day by the end of the month. On Tuesday, the CECC announced new testing protocols for people in home isolation or quarantine. Effective immediately, PCR tests will no longer be conducted at the end of home isolation and quarantine. Instead, individuals will take at-home rapid tests and report the results. The CECC said the ch policy change was needed to keep testing labs from becoming overwhelmed by high demand. The recent rise in local COVID cases has fueled demand for rapid tests, which can cost more than 300 NT apiece. To boost supply and lower prices, the government will send soldiers to support production at local factories. The health minister says that the government will bring down the price of rapid test kits to no more than 200 NT. Have you used a rapid test before? I've taken PCR tests. There are two things in the box. One of them is the solvent. After you take a swab with the cotton bud, you put it in here. KMT lawmaker Lai Shibao gave a demo on how to use a rapid test. But after dropping the kit multiple times, the premier asked him to cut to the chase. You really are intent on using all your precious time to show us this. Minister, during an interview this morning, you said you wanted to bring down the price of rapid tests to 200 NT or less. But that's still expensive. The Bank of Taiwan can buy tests for 59 NT apiece. The government has requisitioned tests already, and there is a supply platform and a supply contract. We want to achieve sufficient supply and stable prices. The recent uptick in local COVID cases has fueled demand for rapid tests. The health minister says the government will bring prices down from about 300 NT to less than 200 NT. But one lawmaker says tests are even cheaper abroad. In the UK, they cost 75 NT. In Singapore, there are about 120 NT. But they also have some for 100 NT or 120 NT. So we hope that by establishing this rapid testing national team, we can produce high accuracy tests that cost the same as international brands so that everyone can have access to tests. The lawmaker added her voice to the call for a rapid testing national team. To bring test prices down, the defense ministry is calling up reserve duty service members across the country to support production. Around April 18th, these service members will be posted to rapid test factories. The first phase of this support program will last for two months, and the goal is to produce state-funded rapid tests for COVID hotspots. Many of the service members called up will be those who made face masks for Taiwan in 2020. In the early days of the pandemic, when face masks were in short supply, reserve duty service members were sent to boost production at mask factories. They were able to achieve their production targets within two months. Now they're mobilizing again to help get Taiwan past another pandemic hurdle. Taiwan will raise its threshold for pandemic school closures starting Wednesday. Parents have complained that the threshold for closing schools was too low, creating constant disruptions to their children's education. Under current regulations, an entire school must close if it has two or more confirmed cases. 
On Tuesday, the Ministry of Education announced new, higher standards for school suspension. The first thing is that we will target the confirmed case and suspend physical lessons for this case's contacts so that an epidemic investigation can be completed. Whether physical lessons will be restored will depend on the results of the epidemic investigation. The second thing is that physical lessons will be suspended on a class-by-class -class basis. The third thing is that while physical lessons are suspended, more flexible measures will be taken to protect the students' right to an education. Under the new guidelines for preschools, primary schools and secondary schools, a confirmed case will trigger only the suspension of that case's class. Everyone in that class will need to complete 10 days of home isolation. If 10 or more classes are canceled at a single school, or if more than one-third of classes are canceled, then the whole school must shut down for 10 days. These rules are slightly adjusted for colleges and universities, where one confirmed case will trigger the suspension of one class for one to three days. If one-third or more of a school's classes are canceled, the entire college or university will need to close for 10 days. A national pharmacist group has agreed to offer prescription home deliveries to mild COVID patients. One day after the CCC requested the service, the Federation of Taiwan Pharmacists Associations convened a meeting of its members. The pharmacists agreed to join the CCC's program, providing home deliveries of med medication within 24 hours of an order. The prescription is filled based on doctor's orders and then delivered straight to the home of the patient. This service is currently offered in many remote communities, but the CECC wants to roll it out nationwide to mild COVID patients isolating at home. On Tuesday, Taiwan's Federation of Pharmacists convened its local representatives in a meeting. It decided to participate in the CECC's program by offering prescription home deliveries. The Federation of Taiwan Pharmacists Associations is willing to take up the task of prescription home deliveries. According to the Federation's preliminary plan, patients will first see a doctor via teleconference. The doctor will write a prescription that's uploaded to a cloud database. After downloading the prescription, the patient can use a mobile app to select a pharmacy, which will then deliver the prescribed medication within 24 hours. The pharmacist will take a photo to document the home delivery and then provide medication and instructions to the patient via a voice or video call. Each step must be taken for the order to be marked complete. Hotline assistance will be available to older adults who don't know how to use the mobile app. It takes about three hours to drive from the south of Hualien to its north. We will do our best to comply with the Federation's orders and to overcome this logistical difficulty. However, we'd like to ask what the Federation has in mind in terms of subsidies to pharmacists. Compensation is not on the agenda for discussion today. Once we start to implement the program, we will negotiate this issue with the CECC. In areas like Hualien, Taidong and the outlying counties, there are many under-resourced pharmacies staffed by just one person. On Tuesday, staff at small pharmacies expressed concern over the potential workload increase and the uncertainty of state subsidies. The Federation said it would survey member pharmacists on their willingness to offer home deliveries and publicly release the results. It said it would create 
a single program that applies to all members, including pharmacists in Greater Taipei who have already begun offering home deliveries. We must have one system for the entire country. We must not have one country, two systems. The Federation said it would have one program for all members. It also promised to arrange manpower support for small community pharmacies so as to protect the right of patients to their medication. The Taipei City government has unveiled its best, best locations for firefly gazing in April and May. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to Da'an Forest Park, which is deemed one of the best spots for firefly viewing in the city. The best time to visit is from 6.40 to 7.30 p.m. Firefly viewing season in Taipei is from April 11th to May 1st. Taipei City will hold a series of guided tours in Da'an Forest Park. We planted 30 to 40 species of native plants. There are many fireflies in the habitat now. A few days ago, there were about 80 fireflies. The better the weather, the more fireflies come out. They will fly here from 6.40 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. You'll still be able to see some after 8 p.m., but they go off to rest after 8.30. We have guided tours during the weekend. Dan Forest Park will also play host to an Earth Day festival on April 17th. The festival will offer games, stage shows, and a concert themed on fireflies. There are exhibition booths and games. There will be at least 40 booths on the day, which will promote the concept of recycling. We hope that through the games, the people of this city can learn how to implement environmental protection in their daily lives. In the Firefly concert, Suzy Chen, who is also the director of the Friends of Da'an Forest Park Foundation, will lead songs about fireflies, as well as Taiwanese folk songs and songs in Mandarin. Besides Da'an Forest Park, other firefly gazing spots in Taipei include Muja Park, Zongxin Garden Park, and areas near Yangming River and Jinan River. Not only Da'an, but also Rongxin Garden and Muja Park also have fireflies in Taipei City. Also, at the Four Beast Mountains and especially Hushan Creek, you can see fireflies. Firefly watchers are asked not to disturb the fireflies by taking photos with flash, using flashlights, or wearing light-emitting equipment. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bochong in Taipei. Vice President Lai Qingde received delegations from the Swedish and European parliaments on Tuesday. President Tsai Ing-wen was unable to host the reception as she is isolating at home after a relative was diagnosed with COVID. Instead, she greeted the parliamentarians via teleconference. She also ordered up turnip cakes and bubble tea for the guests. We are incredibly proud of the fact that Taiwan is ranked eighth on the global democracy list, which serve as a brilliant example for the billion people on the other side of the strait. Is it also a threat to the communist regime in China? The atrocities committed by Russia in Ukraine are a frightening example. Hence, it is our duty to stand with Taiwan to defend the existence and sovereignty of Taiwan.
as rapporteur for Taiwan of the European Parliament, I pushed, as you are well aware, for a bilateral investment agreement. Uh, will pave the way for uh, continued efforts to to deepen and intensify our alliance. Here, I want to express my sincere gratitude to Member of European Parliament Charlie Weimersch, who was the rapporteur of the report. By building upon the solid foundations already in place, we can promote even deeper exchanges with the EU and together create a resilient democratic alliance. The head of the Swedish delegation said she admired Taiwan's freedom and democracy. She said China's embassy in Sweden had pressured the delegation not to visit, but that had only steeled their determination to come. The roar of fighter jets ripped across the skies of Taipei early Tuesday morning. It wasn't the sound of a Chinese invasion, but an air defense drill testing Taiwan's combat readiness. But what if one day Taiwan does come under a PLA attack? On Tuesday, the government released an online handbook on what civilians should do in the event of a war. Early Tuesday morning, the roar of warplanes was heard overhead in Greater Taipei. Posting to social media, a resident of Taipei Xinyi District asked, Why are there warplanes flying over so early in the morning? They're not Russian jets, are they? The Ministry of National Defense was testing the emergency preparedness of its joint operations command centers, fleets, bases, ports, and field air defenses. We also tested their battle readiness procedures and reviewed guidelines for air defense operations and troop dispatch. To that end, between 5 and 7 in the morning, an air defense exercise was carried out. The early morning drill simulated an aerial attack by the PLA. The aircraft used included Apache attack helicopters, F-16 fighter jets and indigenous defense fighters. They flew sorties around Taipei in a test of the military's defensive countermeasures. But what of civilians? What are they to do in the event of a Chinese attack? The defense ministry says civilians can refer to its new online handbook. The main purpose of the handbook is to help people in the event of military conflict, providing information about how to respond to emergencies. The book covers issues like disaster preparedness and survival skills. Once local governments have finalized their own handbooks, those manuals will also be uploaded for everyone to access. The Defense Ministry's handbook explains how to respond to air raids, power outages and water shortages. There's also information on wartime supplies and first aid. The guide can be accessed online by scanning a QR code. On Tuesday, the Ministry was asked if civilians would be able to access the electronic guide in the event of war. We hope that civilians will prepare for emergencies in peacetime, that they will find out where they should go for shelter. The ministry said the book will get civilians acquainted with what to do in wartime, but the impact of the manual won't be clear until a crisis breaks out. April is Earth Month. Have you thought of ways you can make a difference? Well, if you are searching for some ideas, local environmentalists have created a 21 Days of Green Challenge. To participate, connect with the account Green Action online and receive a Green Challenge every day in April. You can also access the challenges on their official website. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. One challenge is to unsubscribe from newsletters that you have not opened for over a month because emails produce carbon. According to carbon footprint expert Mike Berners-Lee, an average spam email produces 0.3 grams of carbon emissions. That means if you unsubscribe from emails you don't read, you can easily reduce 109.5 grams of digital carbon emissions per year. 
Another challenge is to bring your own utensils, reusable cups, and shopping bags with you before heading out. Other challenges include spending three minutes reading articles about environmental issues and thinking about which is the oldest item you own. Our first green action of the year is to find out which is the oldest item that you own. It can be something on you or around you. It's a simple task, so it's an easy starting point. We want to do good things for the environment. This year's tasks are simpler than last year's. I hope that will make it easier for everyone to get started. We will also release articles that go along with each task. For example, for the task we just discussed about finding the oldest things you have, we will discuss the material flow of textiles and clothes and introduce what impact that has on the environment, from the production of the raw materials used to make them to when they are discarded. This 21-day challenge has been held since 2017 by Green Vines, Taiwan Environmental Information Association, and B-Lab Taiwan. So far, more than 22,000 people have participated and completed about 200,000 green tasks. This year, organizers have partnered up with 21 brands to give out gifts. This year, we have partnered with 21 brands, which include hotels and firms in the financial sector. We hope that by doing so, people will get their friends to take part in the 21 Days of Green Challenge. These relatively simple actions can spread and become part of the lives of more people. And all these small changes put together can result in some degree of change. In addition, after every green task you complete, if you press plus one on the challenge platform, we will donate 10 NT to environmental organizations in Taiwan. Organizers say that every little action matters. They hope to reach more people so that everyone can take small actions every day to care for the environment. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Botong in Taipei. Bagels are a dime a dozen, so these days it takes a little extra for a bakery to stand out. In one quiet district of New Taipei, a small shop is doing just that, selling at least 1,500 bagels a day to an impassioned customer base. The store was opened about a year ago by a young, award-winning baker. He studied his art in New York and Shanghai and came back to Taiwan to launch a line of all-natural artisanal bagels. Hot bagels come fresh from the oven, sending up a tempting aroma. Slice open their crispy crusts and you'll find fillings like sesame, machi and strawberry cream cheese. There's even flaxseed and cranberry. Each flavour is a must-try for bagel gourmands. I really like bagels and I happened to pass by here and thought the bagels looked delicious. So I ordered right away. I got the strawberry bagel plus their signature flavour. I live in Zhonghe district. I had to circle around two or three times to find this place. It's hard to find. The secret to these bagels is that they're made with natural yeast, an active sourdough starter. The dough is fermented overnight at a low temperature. Then each bagel is boiled in brown sugar water for one minute before going into the oven. The bagels don't need much oil or sugar to pack a big flavour. This cooking process was brought back from overseas by the shop owner, 34-year-old Shao Law. After graduating with a degree in early childhood education, Shao Law shifted gears and opened a bakery in Taipei. Then, by a stroke of fate, he came upon a chance to train as a pastry chef in New York. 
Initially, I just wanted to help find someone suitable for the role, and I started calling to see if any of my friends wanted to work in the U.S. My wife heard me doing this, and she said, "Why don't you go yourself?" My wife was very supportive of me going over to study baking. With the support of his wife, Xiao Luo went to New York and then to Shanghai to work at renowned bakeries. During his time abroad, he won an award with his team at a U.S. baking competition. Bread is a staple food for Americans, so they're always advancing the art of bread making. The bread that they make is more natural. I think that's something we can learn from. Armed with his overseas experience, Xiao Luo returned home to start up a new business. His store is a long-term supplier for six cafes, and it sells at least 1,500 bagels a day. Xiao Luo plans to keep expanding his business to keep up serving delicious artisanal bagels made fresh. Hot weather prevailed in most parts of Taiwan on Tuesday, with highs reaching 33 degrees. But an incoming front will soon cool things off. Starting Wednesday evening, showers are expected in the north and east, as well as mountainous regions of central and southern Taiwan. Temperatures will dip island-wide throughout the rest of the week, hitting lows of 17 degrees in the north. Searing heat hits the pavement as locals go about their way in sun hats and short sleeves. Highs hit 33 degrees on Tuesday, and the same is expected on the following day. But starting Wednesday evening, the weather will change as a new front moves in. Starting the early morning of Wednesday and through to Thursday, the front will gradually approach Taiwan, bringing in wet weather. Before noon on Thursday, northern Taiwan will see temperatures of about 26 degrees. Temps will only start gradually dropping Thursday afternoon. Under the impact of the front and northeasterly winds, rains will arrive between Wednesday evening and Thursday to the north and east, as well as mountainous parts of central and southern Taiwan. The showers will ease off Thursday afternoon, although temperatures will continue to drop. The lowest temperatures are expected in the early hours of Sunday and Monday. In northern Taiwan, lows will be at around 17 degrees, although daytime highs will be at around 23 to 24 degrees. Just a warning that temps will drop quite significantly in the north, from the 31 or 32 degrees now to 23 or 24 degrees. That's a drop of about 8 degrees. On Tuesday, a tropical storm to the east of Taiwan strengthened into the first typhoon of the year, Typhoon Malacca's. Located farther south, Tropical Storm Maggie could get assimilated into Malacca's forecasters say. Neither storm is expected to affect Taiwan directly. The storm is heading north and will eventually veer north-northeast. It will remain a moderate typhoon. The east coast and the Hunchuan Peninsula should be on the alert for large waves from today to Thursday. The CWB also warned against UV radiation, which is expected to reach very high and even extreme levels around Wednesday noon.